It was a Friday morning in the not too distant past and I had a full calendar ahead of me. For it being my quote unquote day off during the week, it didn't feel like it. I had a morning networking meeting with fellow counselors, coffee with a friend in the afternoon, and spending time with my elderly parents after that. It felt overwhelming. Even though all three of these things were good things on the surface, and there were things that I had completely chosen myself as opposed to must-do types of activities that were thrust upon me, my nervous system just wasn't having it that day. I felt edgy, I felt anxious, and I felt a sense of dread at even the thought of facing this day ahead of me. So, I chose to put myself first, clear my calendar, and take care of myself as I needed to in that moment. Hi, welcome to the Diary of an Anxious Therapist. I'm your host, Ben France. I'm a licensed professional counselor and life coach who struggled with anxiety for my whole life. I'm also a musician, a writer, and a lifetime learner who thoroughly enjoys sharing what I learn and what I'm passionate about. With this podcast, my hope is to provide some insights, some information, and maybe even some interventions related to anxiety, finding and expressing creativity, and finding purpose and meaning in your life. I'll be using my own life experiences, along with things that I've learned in nearly a decade of being a mental health professional, to bring you content that is helpful, meaningful, and hopefully a bit entertaining. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting platform. And if you really want to do me a favor, leave a review. Five stars are appreciated if you do feel so inclined. That being said, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, Benjamin France here uh, for this week's Diary of an Anxious Therapist podcast slash video podcast. We are going to be talking about self-care. Uh, if you listen to this, you heard the dramatic intro at the start. If not, uh, and you're curious to hear me weave a yarn, that doesn't feel right because it's a true story. But if you're interested in hearing me uh, introduce this podcast and tell you kind of a recent situation I had related to self-care, feel free to check out the podcast audio version on your favorite podcasting platform. So let's jump into self-care today. And yes, I am, as always, looking at an outline here in front of me. I don't go off a script because I don't want to sound scripted, for lack of a better way of putting it, I guess. But uh, also don't want to forget some key points that I think are important. So if you've watched this podcast before or listened to the last few episodes, you know that authenticity is a big thing for me, hence me letting you or hence me breaking the fourth wall, letting you see behind the curtain and know how this process is working. So anyway, let's dive into self-care. Uh, the reason that this came up for me as a topic is because it's something that I've really been focusing on quite a bit this past probably oh, four to five to six ish months time frame. And because I have a lot of friends who've also uh, been very good at reminding me of the importance of this and also talking about their journeys with self-care and being compassionate and calm and being nice to themselves, for lack of a better way of putting it. So that spurred my thought that I should do a podcast on this and talk about my experiences with self-care and talk about why I think it's so important and why it's something we all should lean into more. So... Let's start there. Why is self-care so important? It's because it's essential for our well-being. In our modern society today, and I'm veering a little bit towards the opposite of what I try to do with this podcast, which is talk about me. So if you watch the past few episodes, you notice I catch myself doing this every time. So eventually, maybe I'll build the new neural pathways to go from here to here as opposed to here to here, and I won't automatically go into third-person mode. 
So, why is self-care so important for me and why do I think it should be important for you too? It's essential for my well-being. I have found that in today's society, with all of the pressures on my time, with all of the expectations, with all of the external forces that I can't control, there can be a lot of stress in my life. There can be a lot of pressure in my life that can lead to anxiety, as I've talked about at length in the past, that I have my own interesting, shall we say, relationship with. And so I've learned that self-care is a huge thing. It helps me pull myself back from that metaphorical ledge when I feel like things are about to go off the rails. Two weird mixed metaphors there. It helps me feel more grounded and centered. It helps me feel better. Helps me feel less anxious. Helps me feel less depressed or down in those moments of struggle. So it's an important thing. And also, it's something that I think is important for me because I deserve it. I am very much the person that can be a caretaker personality. There's something probably to that and why I went into this field to do counseling and life coaching because I don't like to see people struggle. And I want to do what I can to help people to keep them from struggling, whether that's in my professional life or that's in my personal life with family and friends and things like that. So... To use a really cheesy quote, and somewhere I have this, I wish I had it, I'd hold it up at the screen right now as a big, huge sign. You can't pour from an empty cup. To use another cheesy metaphor, if planes going down, the first thing they tell you is to put on your own life mask or put on your own oxygen mask before you try to help anyone else because you cannot help someone else if you don't take care of yourself. As I've leaned into self-care more, the things that I've learned that have been huge benefits for me has been an overall bigger feeling of calm, a bigger feeling of peace, a bigger feeling of things aren't so overwhelming. And when they start to feel overwhelming, I'm able to push back on that more. I'm able to give myself the grace and the compassion and the space that I need. And that keeps me from going over that metaphorical edge and going from I'm feeling kind of anxious to I'm having a panic attack and now I'm not functional and I can't even do my day-to-day life duties, which has been struggles that I've had in the past and I've talked about on previous episodes. Yeah, maybe part of me is throwing in the previous episodes to get you to go back and check those out because I hope there's some useful information there. But that's not your hand right there, I guess. I'm a little tangent, my ADD brain jumping all over the place as it tends to do. So that's why I think self-care is so important for me and why I think it's likely important for you as well. So what does self-care look like for me in this season of my life? What do I do to practice self-care? Getting out into nature is an important thing for me. Getting outside of these four walls. If you're watching the video podcast and you see me looking over at myself on the screen there because that's where I have the uh, Zoom video screen right now. Getting outside of this environment getting out getting physical activity getting fresh air getting vitamin d being with the trees and that sounds a little woo-woo or a little silly maybe for some of you but there's a lot of research that points towards the fact that that really does help to calm your nervous system and to make you feel better yeah i know it helps to calm my nervous system and make me feel better when the times that i've been feeling very anxious if i can push through that And I can go out and I can go for a hike and I can get out away from the noise and out away from the city and I'm just around trees and the wind blowing in nature. It's amazing how calming it is and how much better I feel from doing that. 
It isn't a panacea. It doesn't automatically make the anxious feelings go away, but boy, it helps to lessen them a lot. So, taking time for myself. I kind of jumped around here on my outline. Uh, I realized that I'm in a very privileged, fortunate place that I'm able to do that. I am self-employed. And while there does, there are a lot of stressors that come along with that, including worries about finances, worries about steady income and so on and so forth. One of the benefits of that, though, is that I can take time for myself. The only boss I have to answer to is this guy. And my wife, Tracy, to a little bit of an extent. But we don't thankfully have that type of relationship where she's the boss. And she completely understands it as well. So I realize I'm in a privileged place where I can do this, but I can take a day and say, you know what? I need this day for me. So I'm going to take this day for me just to decompress. I know that's not the same for everybody. All of our circumstances are different. But I would encourage you, maybe even challenge you, to reframe some of your beliefs around whether or not it's okay to do that. If you are in a job where you have paid sick time and or paid vacation time, it is there for this purpose. For you to take care of yourself, for you to take that time when you need it. And you know what? Paid sick time doesn't just mean you have the flu or you have COVID. It could mean that you are stressed out and it's causing physical manifestations of that stress, such as headaches, anxiety, and so on and so forth. That's equally a valid reason to take a sick day. Mental health days are a very real thing, and I want you to think of that as such, because I absolutely do. Even before I got into this field, even before I worked as a mental health professional, I believed that that was true. I didn't always practice it that well in past years and in past careers, but I believe that that was true. And I promise you as a therapist, that is a true thing. Mental health days are valid reasons to use your sick time. So please use it for that when you need it. For those of you listening to the podcast and not watching, coffee break for me. And yes, coffee before talking, my favorite mug that I can currently use. What else does self-care look like for me in this season of my life? Creative pursuits. As I've talked about on this podcast before, I am a creative person by nature. I'm a musician first and foremost. That is my first love. And that is honestly probably how I would describe myself to someone, to someone who asks me, who are you? Before I'd even say I'm a therapist, I would say I'm a musician or I'm a creative because that is my soul. So I've been making time for that to be a priority and making sure that I get creative time in at least on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis, whether that's sitting down and playing guitar or exploring new sounds in my recording software or whatever the case may be. Writing, journaling, getting that creativity out because that recenters me and that is a huge part of my self-care. And yes, sometimes self-care for me can mean just vegging out on the couch and watching Netflix or I guess technically not watching Netflix because I canceled Netflix a little while back because I got tired of spending so much money on something that I use so little. But watching a movie that I like or watching Hulu because it's a lot cheaper than Netflix. Pro tip there. Or watching something on Apple Plus or reading a book or literally just laying on the couch and taking a nap. There's nothing wrong with that. For a lot of people, I know that can be a struggle because that can feel like you're wasting time. But... Promise, I promise you, from my experience, if you are getting burnt out, if you are feeling stressed, if you are feeling anxious, if you are feeling like you're at your limit, 
It is not wasting time to just hit the pause button on life for a little bit and do whatever that means. Whether that means taking a nap, whether that means binge watching your favorite show, whether that means going back and watching cartoons and feeling like a kid again, whatever it is, it's valid. So allow yourself the grace and the compassion and the opportunity to do that when you need to. So uh, next point here on the outline, does self-care always look the same or can it vary? I kind of alluded to this with talking about the last section saying it was this season of my life. It can absolutely vary. It's varied for me over the years. Sometimes self-care can mean going to the gym and lifting weights or running on a treadmill until I feel like I'm about to hyperventilate or doing something physically active like that. That can be self-care. It can also mean going out and going for a drive in my car and turning up music really loud if I'm really stressed out and I'm feeling frustrated. There are very few things that hit the spot better than listening to Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, the Slipknot album from, my god, I'm old, 20 years ago this year, and screaming along with that at high volume while driving. That's, that's therapeutic to me. So it can look like that. It can look like meditating. It can look like the other things I've talked about. And the thing that I would want you to take away from this, since I talk predominantly about the first-person aspect of this on my podcast, is that self-care is not a one-size-fits-all. And it's not just bubble baths and chocolate and getting a massage, although those are awesome too. But it's whatever feels right to you. Maybe you don't like the idea of getting in a car and driving and listening to Slipknot. Maybe that sounds overwhelming. Maybe that sounds like, eh, I might get a ticket doing that. Done that. Then don't do that. But it isn't a one-size-fits-all. Whatever feels like something that is allowing you to take care of you, make yourself a priority, and give yourself a break, that is appropriate. Asterisk to that, and I'm drawing an asterisk in the air for those of you listening. I would say as long as it's not something that's harmful for you. Things that can start out as a release can turn into a habit and or a detrimental thing. And I'm thinking of things such as alcohol consumption or drug use or all kinds of things. You know yourself better than anybody else, folks. Just like I know myself better than anybody else. If something starts feeling like it's becoming something that I have to have, I take a really strong look at that and question why am I feeling like I have to have this? If it feels like it's overriding other things in my life and it's starting to hit negative, starting to have negative side effects to it, then that's my key that things are out of balance and I'm heading down a bad road and I will correct. And so I would encourage you to look at that the same way. <laughs> Enough about that. Mm, another coffee drink. And yes, allergy season is starting to kick into full effect here in Missouri. So I apologize if you'll hear me snorting and or clearing my throat throughout the, the uh, episode today. But it is that time of year and several of my clients are feeling that exact same thing. So I know I'm not an N of one on that. Coffee drink. Next thing I wanted to talk about with uh, self-care like this is the modern societal expectations of hustle culture and the rise and grind type of thing versus taking care of myself and giving myself a break when I need to. I think we're starting to see the tide turn a little bit on this post-COVID. I'm hoping so. But for several years there, we were very much in a mode that seemed like society was pushing us more and more towards rise and grind work hard and there's nothing wrong with working hard i don't want that to sound weird or sound like i'm lazy but 
society saying that that's what matters the most or that's all that matters. You're never gonna get ahead if you're not gonna run yourself into the ground. If you don't do that, if you're not gonna rise and grind, if you're not gonna hustle, if you're not gonna bust it all day every day, then your life's not gonna be meaningful. Bullshit. And yes, I apologize folks if you have kids listening to this with you for that language, but I strongly, strongly disagree with that because I used to live my life that way and I know how detrimental it was to my health and my well-being. Society expects us to do that. We are set in a capitalist, modern society. I'm trying to think of the right terminology for it. My brain's escaping me a little bit. Big surprise there. Hi, ADD. Love you. Glad you're part of me, but you definitely make memory and jumping from topic to topic a little bit challenging at times. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Societal expectations. Yes, we can very much be expected and feel this pressure of this is what you have to do to get ahead. If you're not living life this way, you are not living life correctly. I firmly disagree, as I said before. Yes, you cannot live your whole life sitting on the couch drinking coffee and watching television. Or maybe you can, but unless you're independently wealthy, that's probably going to hit a wall where you can't do that any longer. But that also does not mean that you have to live your whole life pushing as hard as you can all minute of every day, every moment of every day until you die. I have family members that I watched do this. I've talked about this before in previous podcasts. My father, who I love immensely, and I'm so grateful that I had him as my dad and my mentor in that way in my life, Because if I do have a work ethic of some sort, it came from him, very much so. But I also watched him run himself into the ground, and now at almost 84 years old, two days from me recording this, the day that this comes out will be his 84th birthday. So happy birthday, Dad, if you happen to hear this. He ran himself into the ground doing that. And you know what? I've had conversations with him now that he's gotten older, and I know there is some regret there on the fact that he wishes that he hadn't pushed quite so hard, even though he felt like he had to and didn't have another choice. So, that working hard is one thing. Working towards a goal is one thing. Working yourself into the ground because you feel like it's what you should do, or it's what society expects you to do, or it's what somebody tells you you are supposed to do, I would just want you to take step, take a step back and assess that and tell yourself and, and ask yourself, does that feel true to me or does that feel like something that I've gotten from somewhere else? If I really get quiet and I really listen to my soul and I really listen to my heart, do I feel like I should be pushing as hard as I can every moment of every day? And if you feel like that, I would maybe recommend... You try to go a little deeper and kind of try to figure out why do you feel like that? As far as we know, and I have my own thoughts on this, and I'm going to go very generalized in statements here. For the general majority of the population, it's safe to say that the assumption is we only get one life in this body on this planet doing these things. Do you really want your life's mission to be to wake up, work as hard as you can, run yourself into the ground, repeat that over and over again until you die? I don't. And I would hope that nobody listening to this wants that either. So don't fall into that hustle culture, that rise and grind mentality when you don't have to. You can choose another way. And yes, it does involve priorities. And it does involve maybe shifting your priorities, but you can do that, I promise. I have chosen to do that. 
Doesn't mean it doesn't come with some of its own stressors, but man. Come in. The water feels good on this side of the pool where we say we can just lay here in the water in the sun and enjoy it every once in a while, as opposed to always swimming as fast as we can. Interesting analogy for me to use because I'm a horrible swimmer. I think I can swim just well enough maybe not to drown if I fell off a boat in a lake, but that's about it. So anyway, sorry. Once again, I digress. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this is self-care and self-worth. And I've got a note here I wanted to specifically say this, so I'm going to read this right off the screen, even though I don't like to read direct off the screen. It doesn't say anything about the person that I am other than that I am overwhelmed and I need a break. Meaning, if I need to take that day off, that doesn't say something negative about me. That doesn't mean that it's that I'm a weak person. Self-care doesn't mean that it's a weakness. It doesn't mean that I'm not dedicated. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I'm a hard worker. It means that I've hit my freaking limit, or I don't want to hit my limit. And so I'm doing things to present myself, prevent myself, pardon me, from getting to that place to where I have hit the limit and I break. I can't go any further because I have been there. And trust me, it's not a fun place to be. And it definitely doesn't help in the long run. So I try really hard not to tie my self-worth to productivity. Once again, this is kind of going back to societal expectations. But I'm trying really hard to shift my mindset on that. How much I can do is not a direct correlation to what I am worth and what my value is. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and I've had this phrase that keeps popping up in my head the past couple of days, and I'm really leaning into it. I'm really trying to unravel it and figure out what it means to me and how to implement it in my life. But self-worth not being related to productivity, I keep getting this feeling and this thought that keeps coming in my head. The universe has been transmitting to me the past few days of stop trading your time for money. So I think that directly applies to productivity and self-worth. Why is my time what I get paid for? Shouldn't it be my knowledge that I get paid for? Shouldn't it be being able to provide something of value to people as opposed to how much of something that I can do? Shouldn't that be the same for all of us? And yes, I know that goes very much against our capitalist society and the way things are structured, but you know what? It's 2024, there's a lot of people that are starting to crack the code and they're starting to figure out other ways to do things. Or at least ways to trade time in a way that they want to for money that allows them to live the life that they want. There are people that I have that are friends on threads that they make their income streaming and performing and writing music on twitch.tv on Twitch. So yeah, technically they're trading their time, the time that they stream, for money. True. But that's a lot different than saying, I will get a job that hopefully pays me X amount of dollars per hour to do this thing that I don't really like to do, but it allows me to keep the lights on. So don't tie your self-worth to productivity. I did that for years. Corporate America is set up that way. How many jobs, for those of you that have worked out there in the corporate world, have had productivity goals, have had production goals, have had the, you get paid more when you do more things. The more efficient you are, the quicker you get through things, the more we will pay you. And that almost never comes with the quicker you get through things, the more you do things, the more free time you have. Because then what happens is, oh, you're very efficient. We will give you even more. Let's keep piling it on. 
And I could go completely on a tirade about this because I have a lot of very strong beliefs relating corporate America and how that type of work environment is structured. But I will try my darndest not to get on that soapbox today. I just want to go back to that statement. And I'm saying it for myself. And I want you all to please internalize it as well. Taking time for self-care doesn't say anything about the person that I am other than I am approaching overwhelm and I need a break. I should not tie my self-worth to productivity because that only adds to the pressure in my life, which will ultimately make me less productive and less fulfilled feeling. So, enough said about that. So, some people may be asking at this point, okay, well, that's great, Benjamin. That sounds awesome, but I've tried doing this before and it's hard. It's hard. I feel guilty. If I take time off, I feel like I'm letting my family down. I feel like I'm letting my boss down. I feel like I'm letting me down. I understand that. I've been there. I felt that way for a long time. And this has got to be pretty short, but this section, pardon me, I'm looking at my outline here. But I have got to the point now, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to backpedal just a bit. I'm going to say I refuse to feel guilty about taking this time that I need for myself. Asterisk, fine print at the bottom of this page, most of the time I do a pretty good job at this. I'm human too. I can't just turn it off and never feel guilty about it. But for the most part, I've gotten worlds better at this. Why do I refuse to feel guilty about taking this time for myself? Number one, it's because I matter because I love me. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional for anyone who's just listening and can't see here, but that was a struggle for a long time for me. And I'm finally getting to the point to where it's not a struggle for me to say that I do matter and that I love me and I value myself. And it's okay for me to take a break, and it's okay for me to take care of myself when I need that. And you know what? If that means that somebody else has a problem with it, that's not really my problem, that's theirs. And you know what? I could even lean a little further into it, and I do at times and say, if that means money's a little tight this month, well, guess what? I guess that credit card might get a smaller payment this month, or maybe it won't get a payment this month. Maybe I'll call and see what I can do, and maybe I'll make an extra payment next month. But you know what? That's all stuff. That's all things. That isn't life. That isn't what really matters to me. What matters to me is myself, and the people that I love and care about, and my friends. And at the end of the day, feeling like it was a day that was well spent. And so if the day that's well spent means I needed to have this day just to go down to Table Rock Lake in my area and go for a hike so I could get out and get some fresh air and get in the sun and just feel centered and feel good again? And damn it, that's what I'm gonna do for today. And the consequences, I'll deal with them when they come. But life's too short. I could get hit by a bus. I could go down to Table Rock Lake today and get attacked by a black bear and become dinner for that bear's cubs. That's a really morbid freaking thought, gross. But it could happen. And so am I not going to give myself the break when I need it? Am I not going to let myself lean into the things that I love and the things that matter to me when I really feel like I need to do that? In years past, my answer would have been, eh, I don't know, maybe I will. And my answer now is, hell no, I'm going to do that. And I encourage you to do that too. 
Second part of why I feel refuse to feel guilty about this is what I said kind of early on in this podcast today. That whole empty cup syndrome. I know that I'm not effective. I can't help the people around me. I can't do good, meaningful work as a counselor. I cannot create music and art that speaks to me and that I love if my cup is empty. And so I'm not going to feel guilty about taking that time. I can't phone it in, folks. I tried to do that for years, a number of different jobs. And I'll tell you one thing I've learned as a therapist, you absolutely can't do that. It would do me and my clients a huge disservice to just phone it in, to go ahead and get on that Zoom session, have a 50-minute session to try to help with somebody they're struggling with while my mind is off in the middle of nowhere because I'm so stressed out that I can't get there because that's not going to be helpful to them. That's not going to be effective to them. So if you're a therapist listening to this, I would encourage you to think about that for yourself. Are you really doing justice to another person by phoning it in just because you feel like you have to? And how is that going to affect that relationship down the road? And this goes for our family members and this goes for not as being a therapist for your family member, just to clarify, but this goes for spending time with our family members. This goes for spending time with our kids, for those of us that have kids. And that's not this guy. So I know that's different. I can say that because I don't have kids. But it's true, though. Are you doing anyone, most of all, yourself a service by just phoning it in because your cup is so empty that you are scraping the bottom? I can confidently say for myself, the answer to that is hell no. And I'd be willing to bet that's the answer for you as well. And the final part on why I refuse to feel guilty about taking this time for myself, because I want my life to feel good to me and I want to live my life in the way that feels good to me, regardless of other people or society's expectations. Society says hustle, rise and grind, kill it, go to it, do it as hard as you can, get all the things. Cool. If that's your thing, do it. That's awesome. If that does feel good to you, that feels great. I'm never going to try to talk you out of it. I might look at you a little weird and kind of wonder, does it really feel like that? Or is there some part of you inside that's kind of like just dying that you're doing that? But that's not mine to choose. And that sure as the heck isn't mine to judge you for that. But for me, no. My life feels good to me when I get to enjoy my life. When I get to do the things that feel meaningful to me, when I get to do the things that feel centering and important and calming to me. And so I'm going to make a priority for those things. And I refuse to feel guilty about the fact that I'm going to do that. Once again, the general consensus, we get one run run, in this rent a meat suit that we're living in right now. I want to make the most of it and not in they do all the things, but in the feel all the fulfillment and joy that I can. And I would hope that you would all want that for yourselves as well, because I want that for you. So, moving on, let's talk about learning to be more accepting of this need for self-care. How have I learned to do that? By adjusting my expectations for myself, both in my personal life and in my professional life. In both of these, it comes down to looking at what I want versus what I really value. So that's getting going back to values we've talked about in previous podcasts. 
Why do I want this thing? Do I really want it? Or do I want it because someone told me I should want it? I'm a car guy. I've been a car guy my whole life. Two weeks ago, and it's funny because my friends that are car people will tell you that I'm also a very ADD car guy. I have automotive ADD, which is kind of ironic based on the fact that I have actual ADD, or maybe not ironic, maybe absolutely perfect. But two or three weeks ago, I updated my, what's it called? I think cover photo on Facebook. I'm not hardly on Facebook anymore. The little banner up on the top of your page. Put a picture of a 993 Carrera Targa Porsche. And I made a post that said, I have 31 months to make this happen. Because I'd set myself a goal at one point saying, I've always been a car guy. I've always wanted a real sports car. I've always compromised in those regards. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to have the car. I want to be the guy with the Porsche. Not because I care what other people think about me, but because I think it's a cool car and I love cars and I love sports cars. And that is an iconic sports car. So that's a goal for me. It's something that I want. That being said, I have to weigh the want of that versus the what is it going to take to get that? And is that a fair trade for me? In order to have that car that costs tens of thousands of dollars for a 25 to 30 year old vehicle, which means you're not going to finance that most likely, you're going to have to have the money to buy that. Am I willing to put the time in? Am I willing to trade my time to go back to something I said earlier for the money in order to be able to have that thing? And I'll be honest, folks. I'm still coming to a conclusion on that. And it seems like a silly thing because it's a car. But you can insert thing here. House. Vacation. Television. Free time. Whatever it is. There are compromises. Unless you're one of the very, very few. I'm not even going to say fortunate few because I have my own views on whether I think this is fortunate. But unless you're one of the very few who is extremely wealthy and have never had to work for that and you can do whatever you want whenever you want here's a hint i don't necessarily think that's fortunate or a good thing in your favor but i digress unless you're one of those people we have to make choices and decisions based on what's more important so does part of me want that porsche yeah oh good gracious part of me imagines opening up the garage door looking out there and seeing that car in there and just grinning ear to ear and I can feel it right now and starting it up and hearing that growl of that air-cooled six and flat six and just going, <laughs> this is the thing. Oh yeah, I feel it. But part of me also goes, $50,000 for a car. How many hours do I have to work to do that? Even if I change my expectation to knowledge, how much time in effect, do I have to put into that knowledge and sharing that knowledge to be able to buy a $50,000 luxury good? In all honesty, because that's what it is. I've got a car. We have three in our household for the two of us. And no, that's not because we're independently freaking wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. But that's because I need a car. Tracy needs a car. And yes, the 13-year-old me won out a couple years ago and became a brat, and I bought a fun little car, a Mini Cooper S, which just sits in the garage now and that I'm going to be selling before too long, but I digress. And man, that's my favorite thing to say today, evidently. So, do I need a $50,000 20... 
seven-year-old German sports car? No, I don't need that. Do I want it? Yeah, sometimes I really want it. Do I want it more than peace of mind to do what I want to do with my time when I want to do my when I want to do it with my time? TBD. That's still to be determined. But that's something that we all have to look at in these situations. So I would encourage you to look at that same thing, the things you're wanting. What are the costs of going after those things? And are those costs worth it for you? Another thing that comes along with this, and this is my final point related here, is I'm relating to adjusting my expectations, and yes, I'm looking at my outline again, for myself and both my personal and my professional life, is being less concerned with others' opinions of me. Am I not a successful therapist because I don't have a full caseload of clients that pay me $250 to $300 a session? Am I not successful in life because I don't have a half a million dollar house? Am I not successful and have I not been the awesome car guy because I don't have that Porsche 911 parked in my garage? I've got to come to terms with those questions for myself. But what I have really started to come to terms with, and it's a really freeing feeling, is really caring less about what you think about that. And I'm not saying that to be competitive or to sound negative towards people listening to this podcast or towards anybody. Because anybody that knows me would tell you I, I try to live my life with as much optimism and positivity towards everybody I can, even if they are on the opposite side of the world for me when it comes to views. But you know what? It's kind of my life. It kind of doesn't really matter what you think. And so I'm really leaning into that. And then that is making it easier for me to say, you know what? I need to take the day off today. Maybe this client will potentially think a little bit less of me because I had to cancel this session. That's possible. And that's a choice I have to make. But if I need to do that, because I really know that I need to do that, I'm going to do that. And I encourage you all to do that same thing as well. So as we're coming to kind of the end of this today, and I know this has been kind of a little all over the place, and you know what? I'm going to stop myself and I'm going to rewind back. I'm not going to make the silly rewind noises. But we've covered a lot of ground today. I'm not going to say it's been all over the place because that feels like a judgment on myself, and I'm the person I am. So we've covered a lot of ground today. We've covered a lot of different facets of this topic of self-care. So what I would love to hear from you, if you want to share, is what are the things you do for self-care? What are your self-care strategies? What keeps or what keeps you from putting yourself first in this way? Put it in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. If you follow me on social media at all, shoot me a message. Put it in the comments on a post. I am on all the social media channels, and I think this is in the outro of the podcast you're on here in just a minute because I do structure these a certain way because that's part of my neurodivergent brain and keeping things in order. But you can find me on threads at Benjamin underscore France underscore LPC. I think, no, threads at Benjamin France LPC. Instagram at Benjamin France LPC. My website is BenjaminFrance.com. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin France LPC. And you can find me theoretically on TikTok. I love TikTok, but I... I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok. It's just something I can't get myself to make videos all day, every day. But I am theoretically on there at Benjamin underscore France underscore LPC. So, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what do you do for self-care and or what's keeping you from making that a priority. 
That being said, I'm going to jump off here for now. Take care, everyone. And as that's always, it for this week's episode. I wish you nothing I hope that you found the information to be helpful, inspirational, and, and maybe even a bit entertaining. Bye. Remember to subscribe to the pod via your favorite podcasting platform and rate and leave a review for the podcast if you'd like. Five stars are always appreciated for that. Additionally, you can find me on social media via threads and Instagram at Benjamin France LPC, TikTok via Benjamin underscore France underscore LPC, and via my website at BenjaminFrance.com. I wish you peace, love, and happiness in your life. Until next time, take care, everyone.